welcome to the chapter 49 podcast. The day is the last day of September, September 30th, 2021, which, by the way, is the end of the federal fiscal year. So it's the it's New Year's Eve for people who celebrate the start of the new fiscal year. Not much to celebrate this year because Duncan and I will be talking about why that date is important tomorrow being October 1st. So again, we're recording this on September 30th, final day of the fiscal year. New one starts next year, and we'll have more to say about that. And we would like to once again welcome our chapter president, our chapter president for chapter 49, Duncan Giles, who is now the father of the bride. Thanks, Larry. Good to be here. And yep, I had that uh, honor uh, almost two weeks ago. Yes, now, watch, walking her down the aisle. Watched you walk your daughter down the aisle. I've done that twice. It's quite a, quite an important event. Uh, and you had a great you and uh, and and uh, your daughter's mother put on a, a great party. It was nice. Enjoyed it very much. And got to see some people I hadn't seen for a while. So for Jane and I, it was uh, it was it was a really great experience, and we appreciate uh, being asked to be a part of it. Also, you may recall, we did not have a podcast last week, and the reason for that is Jane and I celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary back on May 11th. Now, when we were first married 30 years ago, after the, after the wedding ceremony, we went off to Las Vegas for a couple of weeks. We wanted to go back for our 30th wedding anniversary. Problem was, back in May, Vegas was still more or less shut down, so we thought, well, we'll put it off. So we went last week. That was the official end of our 30th wedding anniversary celebration, I guess. So thanks for um, dealing, you know, just being patient with that. We had no podcast last week. I did manage to get myself injured while I was out there, <laughs> injured my knee, which, you know, being the clumsy person that I am is not a big surprise. It was just bad coming back because we had connecting flights. It was difficult to get a direct flight. And running through an airport uh, when you can't hardly walk it to begin with, well, that's poor English, but you're, it's difficult to walk to begin with. That's uh, never easy for a guy my age. So we'll move on from all the personal stuff and talk about the most important thing. As I mentioned earlier, this is the day we record this, September 30th of 2021, is the final day of the fiscal year. The new fiscal year begins on October 1st which means a new budget must be in place. As we record this, there is no budget in place. There is no continuing resolution in place. We have been promised that there is a deal in the Senate and that the House will go along with it. And as we record this, it was, the vote was supposed to have been this morning. We're in the afternoon. To my knowledge, at the time we record this, that vote in the Senate has still not happened. You know, Duncan, I... I knew some people who actually covered the Senate as reporters, and they told me there's, there are really two different kinds of time there. There's the time that you and I use, then there's Senate time. So the, <laughs> the Senate time is we're going to have the vote in the morning. Well, it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and we still haven't had the vote. They're in a committee hearing. They'll say we'll take a five-minute recess. I'll be back two hours later. That's Senate time. So I guess we're dealing with Senate time at the moment. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I do think it will get done today. Um, I'm hearing the same things that you are, that there is a deal in place, that they have the main point of contention has been the debt ceiling that was intertwined with the continuing resolution. They've pulled it out to make it what's called a clean 
continuing resolution. So we've been told that should pass the Senate. The House should pass it as well. Then it would go to the president. So if there is a shutdown, it would be in the wee small hours of the morning for just a short period of time. So it should not really impact us at all. So we're hopeful that everyone will be able to show up for work on Friday at the regular time, whether you're working at home or in the office. Uh, at least that's that's the idea for the moment, and we hope that is the case. We'll keep an eye on it. And again, for the latest updates, uh, go ahead and, and uh, go to our Facebook page. You can follow it or you can like it. Either way, you will get updates on your Facebook news feed. Just uh, find us by going on Facebook and, and searching under NTEU Chapter 49, Indiana, and uh, you should be able to like or or uh, uh, follow our page, and you will be able to get the updates that we send out on a regular basis. So just go directly to that Facebook page, and you'll see all the latest posts that uh, we have made. And that's one way we try to, to get in touch with people immediately so you get information as quickly as possible. So as we speak, at roughly 1 o'clock in the afternoon Eastern Time on September 30th, a Thursday, the promise is there is a deal, and the Senate is poised to vote as we speak, <laughs> and the House has promised to vote. I always tell the story of a time when um, I, had, uh, I was working in toll-free, and at that point, toll-free was part of the media relations uh, outfit. And so I'd been a, a reporter at one time, the media relations person, uh, persons were all out on leave that day. They asked me to walk in uh, just and write some news releases for them. I said, okay, I can do that. Unexpectedly, the government shut down. Some, and this is before they had these special rules. Any senator could stop it. Some senator from New York got up and was upset about a military base closing in his district or his state and just got up and just wouldn't stop talking. And all of a sudden it's like, we're going to have an unexpected government shutdown. And I got ended up right in the middle of that thing. Every media outlet in town was calling me. So I had to go back to my old reporter mode and try to figure out how to help all these people. But uh, that was uh, that was quite an experience. Finally got some help uh, as, as the day went on. But uh, hope I mean the rules have changed. One senator can no longer do that. Uh, right. uh, that is why that the rule was changed. By the way, is <laughs> what you, at least you know when a shutdown is going to come, and it came so unexpectedly. Everybody just had to leave all of a sudden, and that is not a, a good way to handle it. So we are hopeful, and uh, we'll keep you posted as best we can. There is another issue that's looming, and uh, as best we can tell from the latest information we have from the Secretary of the Treasury, Janet Yellen, the date she's looking at now is October 18th for the debt ceiling to be reached. It's never a, a, a clear number or day or time because you know things fluctuate uh, financially so much it could be a little earlier than that it could be a little later than that but the general date than that will be hit is right around october 18th last time we talked about that there hadn't been much talk in washington about the debt ceiling well since we've last talked there's been a lot of talk about it and uh, one group of politicians have basically said in the senate we're not voting for a debt limit raise which 
brings a possible crisis looming. So government shutdown, we've been through those before. We understand how they work. Whether We don't like them, but we at least understand them. A debt limit ceiling that is reached and not raised, or at least suspended, we have never had to do that. And uh, what impact it will have on us, how quickly and who would work and who wouldn't. You know, to be frank about it, Duncan, nobody knows the answers to those questions. Yeah, all we do know is it's scary and it's all bad. There is no good. There is no good outcome with us uh, hitting the debt ceiling without raising it, because once you and the stock markets already uh, earlier this week and again today are still a little bit nervous about this because they you know haven't heard the talk that it's going to get taken care of. You know things like. Not only would employees possibly not get paid, but troops might not get paid. Social security checks might not go out. Medicare might not get taken care of. All these things could be possibly listed. Then you're talking about the full faith and credit of the United States not being trustworthy. And that's the bedrock where the vast majority of the financial markets in the planet depend on. And if you can't depend on the U.S., to take care of its obligations, then we're all screwed. Uh, so it's it's something that's beyond me to why to play chicken for this. And to hear politicians say, we don't want to do this because we don't believe in some of the things that are being brought up that we want to pay for. The debt ceiling has nothing to do with that. The debt ceiling is for debts the government has already incurred. It's sort of like saying, yeah, I'm not going to buy, I'm not going to, uh, you know, participate because I don't like this new house that my significant other's looking at. No, we're talking about paying the mortgage on the house you're already in. That's what we're talking about. And so to hear him say things of that nature is, it just strikes me as extremely disingenuous at best. I think disingenuous is the most kind way to describe this 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 you're exactly right uh, this is paying the bills we've already incurred and uh, if you want to make it a political party thing both parties have done this and uh, the idea that we're not paying bills but that sometimes a president of your own party is incurred so i i think we and i'll tell you something that's interesting and i don't want to sound partisan on this i don't know if you remember this but when barack obama was a new senator from illinois he voted against raising the debt limit once yep, and lived to, <laughs> lived to regret it. It was a bad vote, and he admitted that it was a bad vote, but it took him a while to figure out that he should never have done that. Uh, so, uh, you know, both parties have kind of played with this debt ceiling thing. And other countries, Duncan, cannot understand why even we even have a debt ceiling. I tried to look into this one time, and the best explanation I could find is that the debt ceiling was put into place as we entered World War I because there were some people in Congress who were skittish about incurring the debt that we would have to go into for World War I. So in order to get their votes, they promised to put this debt limit in. And it's been there ever since. And uh, there are bills in Congress to just do away with the debt limit. I think that might be the best way to handle this. I, I would think so because, yeah, I've, I, my research has shown the same thing from World War One. The other thing is, is to mint a $1 trillion coin and then 
you know, use it to pay off the debt. And it's like, there doesn't need to be a debt ceiling. You know, we, we, the United States has been off the gold standard for quite a few years. This isn't rocket science. This is something that, you know, this is part of our way of doing business. And so we just need to make sure that we're continuing to take care of the bills that we've incurred, plain, pure, and simple. So we're watching this, and hopefully we'll be back next week with a podcast, and we'll be on our Facebook page. And Duncan, at times, will communicate directly with people who are members of NTEU through his email system. (coughs) Bless you, Duncan. My goodness. Yes. Take it easy, bud. The weather is changing, you know, even though it's staying warm around here. uh, This is the time of year when all that's in the air. Um, Let's move on to vaccinations. Interesting that we've had more more pressing subjects than vaccinations. That's been our main topic for a long time. It's not gone. We're still waiting as a, as a union for the federal government, particularly the safer workforce group in the white house to come up with some clear guidance on how you ask for a reasonable accommodation from the vaccine mandate. And it has not been forthcoming. All we really have at the moment are the general guidelines for medical and sincere religious belief being reasonable accommodation uh, areas. And those guidance points were put together at a time far before COVID was an issue. So we can only go so far with that. Uh, We have been recommending as a union for people to wait until we have clear guidance on how you would go about asking for a reasonable accommodation if you do not wish to be vaccinated and there's a vaccination mandate in place. So is there anything more we can tell people at this point? Uh, I just tell people, get your documentation together. Um, For those who are doing a medical, who say that they cannot take the vaccine due to their medical condition, make sure that your medical professional has a signed statement stating exactly that. Be prepared to um, be asked for permission for the folks at Federal Occupational Health or whoever IRS contracts with this to be able to check to make sure that this is accurate. You don't have to do that, but then again, they can say, well, if you don't do that, then we're not going to accept the accommodation. And that goes through the regular accommodation process. With the religious accommodation, that's going to go through the Office of Equity, Diversity, uh, EDI. And they're not ready yet. I don't know if they'll ever be ready for the, and you know, it's, it's going to be like a tsunami, I believe, for them. But if you have a sincerely held belief that you can't have the vaccination, then you're going to need the documentation for that. And that's going to be a letter, a signed letter, you know, in great specificity from someone from your face, a leader in your face, stating exactly why you can't get this vaccination. I can tell you, if your kids are vaccinated for school, you're going to have a tough time saying this one's not okay. This vaccination's not okay. Um, you know, then there are going to be people who just don't want to take the vaccination. Period. I understand that. I get it. It's a personal choice. I'm not telling you you have to be vaccinated. I am not telling you that. I am telling you that if you're not vaccinated, it is very, very possible 
that you'll end up losing your job because it has been mandated from the executive branch for the executive branch by the president of the United States. So, you know, everybody's got to make choices in life. And that's that's what it boils down to. So have your documentation ready if you're claiming an exemption for medical or religious. And if you're not claiming an exemption for either one of those, but you just don't believe in it, I'm I'm just here to tell you that, you know, I hope you're looking for another job because it will end up being um, that at the bottom line. Well, we need to once again remind people that with medical, that's a pretty clear cut case. Either you have a medical exemption or you don't. And uh, that has to go through a, a process that you've already described. But the sincerely held religious belief, there's a lower standard for the management to grant a reasonable accommodation. So we need to remind people, even if it is determined that you have a sincerely held religious belief against vaccination, and, and that is, in fact, determined, that reasonable accommodation may or may not be something that would be acceptable to you, but that's all that you're going to get. And, and the courts have more or less... Um, be, uh, is more, the courts are behind those sorts of low-level reasonable accommodations, so we just have to give people fair warning on that. Exactly so, and that's, that's what we're trying to do is just make people aware. When you hear the term reasonable accommodation, that means it's reasonable for the government to want to, you know, to be able to grant whatever relief that they're looking at. And if the government determines it's not reasonable, they're not going to grant it. So even though you may think it's reasonable or I may think it's reasonable, if the government says it's not, as you said, the courts back the government up. So it's going to be an extremely tough thing to get that. And if you don't have it, then you're looking at that alternative of either getting the vaccination or uh, eventually going through the disciplinary process. And as more information becomes available, we will put it on uh, Facebook. You will be sharing it with uh, the people who are members of NTEU, and uh, we will once again discuss it on this podcast when we have more to say. You know, we don't have a whole lot of good news anymore, <laughs> but we do have one piece of good news. Bless you again. The uh, That's the caregiver leave. We thought that was expired, but now we uh, receive word that it's going to be extended. Would you tell us more about the caregiver leave? First of all, how it works and uh what do you know about this extension? Yeah, this came about uh, very quickly, I believe. The caregiver leave is for those who have uh, small child, uh, small child, small children, uh, school age that they're taking care of while they're teleworking and trying to take care of those folks um, while they're doing their job. Well, it had been up to 20 hours per pay period that folks were able to use this. Um, it was set to expire today. And then, um, you know, sometime after 4.30 yesterday, they came out and said, okay, we're extending the Caregiver Act through December 31st or until the evacuation order is lifted, whichever comes first. And it's down to 16 hours per pay period. So we do have some good news that was extended and you had no idea that it would be extended. In fact, we no. were under the impression it would not be extended, and boom, we have some good news here. So uh, how can people find out more about this uh, uh, if they want to take advantage of this extended benefit? 
Uh, if they haven't been using it before and want to use it, the information is on the IR source, or they can contact their union office, uh, and we'll be happy to give them information on it. Well, we talked about the uh, beginning of the new fiscal year on October 1st. We are recording this the day before October 1st. But yet, something else happens on October 1st, and that would be the first day the brand-new national agreement goes into effect. We've talked about this countless times, but since we're on the precipice, and by the time people hear this podcast, it may well already be in, in place and in effect, uh, just a quick reminder of what benefits employees will have as of the implementation of this new contract. Yeah, there, there are several different things that we got in. Um, one is a child care subsidy. Um, our chief spokesperson, Ken Moffat, who's been a guest on our show, uh, came up with this and really pushed it and very, very happy that this was included, that IRS also saw the benefit to this, that if you have a total family income of $70,000 or less, you may qualify for some of your child care uh, to be paid for, which I think is a great boon for folks in that type of situation. Um, we're expanding the, uh, the not only the distance you can be for teleworking, but there's also a couple of pay periods where you don't even have to, the distance will be waived. So if you're, you know, families in the mountains somewhere and you're, you know, several thousand miles away from your post of duty, but you've got your work computer because you do want to do some work because your in-laws are driving you crazy. You absolutely will have the availability to do that. Some of it to, um, So you won't have to use up all your leave there. There are several different things like that. Um, that are in this agreement. It's a very, very good agreement for um, for employees, and I think it'll work well for management as well. So the, that's as of October 1st. If you have questions, Duncan is a great resource. Not only is he a chapter president, he was involved in the negotiations from beginning to end and can not only show you what the language is, but can explain what's behind it. So he's a great source for that. Um, I want to talk about something else that just happened, I think, the day before we recorded this. That's been the announcement of the Federal Employee Health Benefit Program rates for 2022. We'll have more to say about this later because open season begins, I believe, in November. Uh, NTEU at the national level always provides members with a guide for how you can shop around for the best FEHB plan that, that you uh, may want. There are two groups of plans you would want. Now, one would be on the national level, the Blue Cross plan, GIHA. There are several of them that are national in scope. Uh, anybody in the nation can uh, can sign up for these. And there's a whole other listing of the, the local or regional plans that may be available depending on where you live. Uh, we uh, provided links to, to the, uh, both of those on our Facebook page. We've had an awful lot of people access that, and that's good to see. So we know we'll be doing more in-depth on this later, but uh, any uh, general thoughts about those rates as, as they were announced uh, as they stand right now, Duncan? Yeah, um, it's almost like damning with faint praise. They went up, but they didn't go up as much as we feared they might go up. So that's always a good thing. And as you said, we'll get into this um, in a later podcast, but I strongly urge folks to shop around and not go with the one name plan that they always have. Talk to your doctor's offices, find out what 
um, insurance coverages that they uh, that they accept. Because a few years ago, I made a switch and I save a substantial amount of money per year and still get the exact same coverage um, for for my medical. So I, I think it's something that it absolutely behooves people to take a look at that consumer checkbook that you referenced that NTU has on their website uh, that'll be up closer to open season time uh, will be a great benefit. And like I said, I think we'll be doing something on a podcast that'll go further in depth to also try and help folks uh, make the best choice for them and their family. Well, one thing we were unable to talk about, excuse me, <clears throat> because we were gone last week and we are now at the end of that. Uh, we are at the end of Labor Recognition Week. It ends on October 1st. So unfortunately, we can't get into a lot of detail as far as previewing what would happen. But Labor Recognition Week is something that NTEU has uh, been doing uh, for a number of years and, and just recognizing um the importance of labor unions in the lives of people, NTEU and its involvement in the lives of people and the agencies it represents, including uh, the IRS. Maybe uh, a few words from you on Labor Recognition Week. Yeah, this is one of those things where we like to celebrate it. Um, you know, and unfortunately, because everybody's working from home, well, actually, fortunate that we're being safe, but. Unfortunately, for any gatherings or celebrations, it's tough to do, um, you know, it's tough to share popcorn or pizza when nobody's in the actual building. So I just want everybody to know how much your work is appreciated, especially the last year and a half has been an extremely trying time. And the folks at the IRS um, from the campuses to LBNI and everything in between have just done an outstanding job in, in damn near impossible circumstances. Um, and NTU has been there right along with you trying to make sure that you have the easiest way of doing your job possible. So uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody out there for the great job that you're doing. And Labor Recognition Week is not just uh, for labor unions themselves. It's, it's ex themselves. It's exactly what you said. It's for the people doing the work, the mm -hmm. people who are laboring every day, working hard. IRS has tons of people who come into work every day or are entering into work at, from their homes. They're getting this work done. It's amazing how much work we get done. Although we're certainly behind in many ways, it has nothing to do with the people doing the work. It had to do with COVID, it had to do with the pandemic and mm -hmm. other issues that were not related to the people on the ground floor. So we want to recognize each and one of you listening to this podcast, doing the work day in and day out. You're the ones that really deserve the recognition, if I may say that. And that, I think, just extends what you were talking about. One last thing I want to bring up. Uh, Jim Bailey is the executive vice president nationally for NTEU, which means he's the number two person in the entire union structure underneath only our national president. Jim Bailey has been uh, a guest on this podcast twice. I think the last time he was here, he gave one of the best rundowns I'd ever heard in terms of the con the contract vaccinations, number of issues that we we discussed, uh, that I think he, as an attorney, was was able to explain uh, in as clear terms as uh, I'd ever heard. But uh, we got some news about Jim Bailey recently. Tell us about that. 
Yeah, it looks like Jim Bailey's past has finally caught up with him, and he's running. Um, <laughs> actually, what what Jim has decided to do is uh, at the end of the year, he is going to be retiring. Um, in seriousness, uh, this is a huge blow for NTEU. Um, I am extremely happy for Jim personally and his family. He has got a wonderful family. Um, and I think that they you know, just want to spend more time back in their home state of Colorado. And so he's decided after, you know, 35 years of uh, working with NTU, and I am I can't tell you how much I admire this man, not just for his knowledge, but for the way he's able to impart it, um, to bring it down to anybody's level. Um, just a very, very sharp man, very empathetic, always had, um, has always had employees, uh, needs and wants in the forefront of his mind and has always worked towards that. Um, I've known him for decades and I, I'm very happy for him personally, but I am, uh, going to be very sad at the end of the year to lose him, uh, his experience, his knowledge, um, things of that nature, because he is, he is just a great resource for NTEU. Well, my uh, dealings with, with Jim have been on this podcast, and he does have a special talent for taking very complex subjects and concisely explaining it. So that is a very special talent. You know, we've had guests on here who have talked, and, and you, know, it's, you know, sometimes it's difficult to put into simple words a complex area you're dealing with. Jim had that ability, and I... I've always appreciated that. Wish him well in his retirement. And just so people know, there will be a special election. And this election is of chapter leaders. Am I correct on that? That would be correct. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, the uh, delegated voters for each chapter. So for chapter 49, it would be myself. Um, there will be ballots, you know, going out asking for nominations. Um, I do believe that Tony has someone in mind that he would like to. Uh, select and if it is that person that would make me very happy because I think that person is very qualified but I don't know for sure I know one thing and I've gotten a couple of phone calls and I can tell you it's not me it won't be me <laughs> that's not happening so somebody actually tried to convince you to run for executive vice president is that there right? were a couple there I have had a couple of phone calls and a couple of emails that are you know are you running? Are you putting your name in? You know, we think you'd be good. And I had to tell each of those folks that I think that they need to go to the clinic immediately and start, you know, tapering off. Maybe a little methadone might help because the drugs they're on are too powerful. Well, Duncan, just to be blunt about it, I, I don't see you as somebody moving kit and caboodle to Washington, D.C. I just don't see that. Uh, that would not be it. And um, those that know me, um, know me well, you know, it's just it wouldn't be the right fit for me. Um, you know, but I'm I'm I can't tell you how happy I am with the job I've got. So I'm good and I'm good. <laughs> well said there, Duncan. Uh, final comment before before we kept we kept this pretty close to 30 minutes. We had lots of issues to deal with. Uh, any uh, quick final comment before we wrap this up? Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm always going to ask folks if you haven't been vaccinated, and I know the majority of you have. I've seen some of the statistics. The majority of IRS employees out there 
have been vaccinated, I would urge you to please, please, please um, start the vaccination process. Not just for, you know, now it's not just for your health, the health of those around you and your family. Now it's going to be infecting your job as well. So please, you know, the vaccine is safe. The vaccine is something that saves lives. Please, please, please consider getting it. And that's Duncan Giles, Chapter President for NTEU Chapter 49. And this wraps up another Chapter 49 podcast. Again, you can find our podcast just about anywhere you find podcasts. Just search under Podcasts by Larry Lannon, L-A-N-N-A-N. And you can find all my podcasts. I produce several, but the Chapter 49 podcast will be found there. Duncan has his own YouTube channel. Just go to Duncan Giles and subscribe to his channel, and you will be able to see all of our YouTube videos on these podcasts. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Please be safe and be kind. Be kind.